Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Uh, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about has been posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. Also on our Facebook page, if you still are using Facebook after you've watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, you can find the information there. Um, and, of course, we are on Facebook Live over on WTIC's Facebook page if you want to check out Bob and I. <laughs> Let's see what we look like. Uh, you're welcome to go ahead and post a comment or a question. Uh, we do, we can see what you're saying. We just don't have a way to re- respond back. There's just too many keyboards in here. We can't do everything. Um, and we hope we fix the sound issue on Facebook. We did everything we could. It really was nothing we could change. It was pretty much maxed out. So hopefully the sound work is working well for you. But we're online with Joe in Berlin, who has given us a bit of a, a headache. You there, Joe? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh Right, so right now I'm on the network map of my router, and and it says um, internet status. Your ISP DHCP does not function properly. Well, that would explain your trouble. Well, but <laughs> uh, I, I call my ISP, and they say no, everything on our end is perfect. You have a pro- you have a problem with your uh, router. So you obviously you configured your router. It's custom configured because that one that one nine two dot one six eight dot fifty dot one is a unique address. You put that in there, right? I don't remember doing it, but it's a it's a unique number. I mean, it's a new router yeah. with, so it's a pretty unique number. Our thought might be to have you default it because when when Bob and I were off air, uh, the reason he was going down that wireless. Uh, questioning uh, early right. on in your call was because it sounded like you were part of a, a walled garden as it's called on a wire and a wireless network like when you go into a a public uh, like a bank or into a hotel wow. yeah. you know you get that lo- login password from your wireless service it says hey log into this network and you say you don't have a wireless card in your la- in this device right there is no wireless card no I, I believe there is a wireless card in it in, in my in my desktop okay so could you have configured the walled garden on your router to ask for a password when somebody connects to your wireless network? Could you have gone in there and configured that feature within your router? 
Were you? Yes, have, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Well, then, Joe, then you should put in your darn password, and then you can get on the Internet. You locked yourself out of your system. Well, 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 where do I put the password in? I don't know. What password did you, Well, when it's asking you for the password, so when you go... To, no, it, 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 no, no, no. It, never, it says open network login page, and it cannot log in. Open network login page is the is the walled garden you configured on your router. So there might be some more settings on that walled garden that you need to configure to have it properly work. You may have to open a browser. Right. And your default browser would go to that page for your login. Right. So if you think about when you're on your cell phone in Home Depot or something like that, it says, hey, you got to connect, and you got to go over to a browser page and accept the terms of conditions where they're going to track you and your family and know whatever you're buying while you're in there. That's what you've configured on your own router, it sounds like, Joe. So you want to go to your router and, and uncheck that. What I tell you to do, how's it, why are you so secure? Is there, is there some folks in the, in the home that you, that you no, do not want no, to have access? No, no, not at all, not at all. Not then all. here's what I'm going to tell you to do. It's a brand new router, right? Router firewall? Yeah. Default it. Well, I, I hate to say this. I already did that one. <laughs> well, you didn't do it right then. Uh, when you default it, all those things will be turned off. Okay. All those features oh, will be turned off. Well, you know, you know I, I shouldn't say that. I hit the reset button on the back, and it held it down for 30 seconds. Okay. And then if you open the manual, the normal default gateway of your router is 192.168.50.1. That's what it came up with, yeah. No, no, but is that in the manual? Does it say to use oh, that? in the manual? Uh, I don't have the manual here in front of me. That's okay. Get the manual. I, I bet my third kid, and I actually want to keep him more often than not these days, but I bet my third kid that um, <laughs> that the default gateway is not 192.168.50.1, which would mean that however you're defaulting the router, you're not doing it properly. We need you to really default it back to factory fresh because right. you've, you've locked yourself out with this walled gateway. And if you're using a wireless interface, you, know, you can always turn that off because the, the walled gateway is probably going to only affect wireless login and just make sure you run the local network card um, that's probably I would turn off your wireless NIC in your computer just so you only are dealing with one method of connectivity the, lo the hardwired one uh, uh, how would I turn that off in, 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 in uh... where would you find that in the same network settings Bob yeah yeah so you just go in the network settings and turn off your wireless network interface the same area that you were in where the IPv4 was right Bob there should be an area to turn off your network card in there, or you can do it in the control panel. Yeah, well, if you go yeah. um, in uh, under the um, it, internet, um, you know your internet properties or right. whatever, you can click right. on the right. disable. You yeah, can disable, disable that. Disable the wireless, just so you know you're connected hardwired. Or you can go into device manager and disable it. Yeah. Properties. Uh, and I would start over, Joe. Yep. But you did the right thing by putting in the open DNS IPs in there. That was good. I, I listen to you guys every once in a while. So. <laughs> uh. That's good. So, yeah, break out the manual. If, if the manual says 192.168.50.1 is the gateway, fine. I mean, that's, but that'll know what you'll know whether or not you're defaulting it if it comes back to the proper IP for your default gateway, which I suspect is 192.168.1.1. And, I, and I, I, I think I remember that number. Yeah, but so is 50 now, so you changed it. And if it's still showing up as 50, it's, if it's still handing out 50, it means you haven't defaulted it. We need to have you default it and start over. 
And, and don't turn on the walled garden. You don't need to be in a walled garden. I know it sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what, okay, so a network profile, I should, should I select public or private? It's private. You're not in an airport. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. But uh, I cannot. I, I can select public but not private. On your computer? Yeah. Well, again, you don't want to mess with anything on your computer right now. It doesn't matter. Let's re default that router. So get your laptop out. Get your laptop out that you said you had. Log into the Internet because it probably works, right? Yeah. And get that manual and figure out how to default it and start over. Well, uh, well no. Again, the laptop is, is wireless, so what I have to do is unplug from the… Uh, oh, right. Be directly connected to the modem. Right, 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 right. The modem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Start over, Joe. Something You messed something up good. I I will okay. Let me. Uh, <laughs> it's the quickest way to get you back up and running because I think granularly to try to fix this granularly would be very difficult. I don't know what yep. the heck you did in there. All right, I, I I will do that. We'll see what happens. All right, even geeks like us have to punt. We do the same thing. Hopefully, I won't have to call you next week. Thank you. Oh, your calls are great. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks. Mark. All right, bye bye. All right, let's move on to Walt in Weathersfield next. What's going on, Walt? Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Um, I've got a question about really backup strategies. I've had to uh, recover my computer twice in the past week. Oh no! And I finally have it uh, back stable the way I want. And I've been using a Cronus for a long time. And a while back, Easy US came out with the right. deal: Hey, if you buy this, it'll be good forever, and you you know you can upgrade it. So. Yeah, uh, I know you guys like that, and I said, "Well, okay." There's yeah. some things I'm not happy about with a Cronus. Let me try EasyUS. The price was right, so yeah. I've been backing up with both EasyUS and a Cronus. Both of them, well, huh? Yeah. Okay. And it goes to the the Western Digital MyCloud. Um, and is there enough room to have two backups hitting the same target? Okay, good. I'm not uh, out of space there yet, uh, so that's good. Um, so when I started having problems, uh, my Acronis backup started failing with some type of can't uh, create the snapshot. There was something wrong with VSS, and mm -hmm. it became unstable, and... You know, I tried to debug that for a while and finally gave up. And I said, okay, I think it's time. Let's restore the system. So I said, you know, I've never done a restore of the drive from EasyUS. Let mm -hmm. me try that. Mm -hmm. And the backup strategy that I was using is a full backup and then I believe three incrementals mm -hmm. and then another full backup. Unfortunately, yeah. when I picked the restore point, I was restoring from starting with the latest incremental, of course. So it had to right. go through three incrementals and a full backup. And that ended up taking 45 hours to complete, which really surprised me. Because mm -hmm. the backups don't take anywhere near that. Right. So it worked. Uh, awesome. The system came back and was working, but I still had the Acronis problem. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, let me go a little further back. 
uh, to go even a week further back because I had an Acronis full backup recovered from that. And it so wait a minute, you're trying, you're actually doing restorations to fix your backup? Restorations to fix the system to get it back to where everything is working. Yeah, to fix. That's ironic. The backup problem. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. <laughs> a little bit, um, but. <laughs> That worked. I got it back. Acronis was working properly. U.S. is working properly. So the question I really have for you is, you know, what's based on your experience? You know, you must deal with tons of clients and lots of backup. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wondering if the first Ease US recovery took so long because it had all those incrementals. Yeah. And, yeah. That really it could have. Slows it, could really slow it down. It could have. Um, I'm wondering if a better approach might be to use differentials instead, be less chance of getting messed up if one of those files became corrupted. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just go with full backups every time. I think your better solution, and I think it's what we recommend, is an image-based backup where you do a full backup the first time. Yep. And then after that, all it does is it backs up what's changed on your computer. Right. So it, when, you're, uh, does it, when it does the next backup, it doesn't take hardly any time at all because mm-hmm. it's only changing in the backup what's changed on your computer. And the recovery can take time. We're coming up against the break here, Walt, but uh, can we talk to you after the, a quick break and, and see if we can uh, explain that to you? Sure. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Get back to Walt. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And uh, we're going to be here until 11 o'clock, and we we're talking with Walt in Weathersfield, who is pretty much a backup king from what I can see. All the restorations worked for you, Walt, which is <laughs> impressive. So one of the biggest issues on restorations, even in the business world, is how f- how long it's going to take. So a lot of folks in our in our business communities, our competitors, might just send all the data up to the cloud. Imagine how long it would take to restore a full server for a client just from the cloud if it took 45 hours for you just to restore it from a local device to your computer. Yeah, it would, it, it would take forever, and it would certainly exceed my Cox uh, data limit. Yeah, weeks. <laughs> we, we've seen our competition do that to people, and they've been down for weeks on a restoration. So um, in your case, you've proven your backup strategy works. Differential versus um, incremental is kind of six one half a dozen. We're wondering what type of network you have there to move data back and forth. Is your MyCloud connected to a gigabit switch, and yeah. is your computer on a gigabit network? Yes. Okay. So your throughput there should have been really good. Um, 45 hours still seems a little long. It does seem like a little long. It, well, it's a two-terabyte drive that it's recovering. But, right. You know. It's but, a lot of data. Yeah. When I ran the Acronis recovery from the full backup, that probably took, I don't know, four hours maybe, four yeah. five hours. So it was what I would expect. Right. So either the EasyOS is not that quick on the restoration uh, for a full system, which thankfully, knock on whatever, I've never had to do in my own configuration a full restoration. Um, usually it's just file level, um, which will be quick, obviously. So you've, you've proven the EasyOS is slower on your system than the Acronis. VSS errors, like you, you described having with Acronis, are common mm-hmm. errors. And your approach, 
was a little drastic um, to correct that problem with your acronis um, because VSS errors are normal, sadly, and you just sometimes just have to start fresh with a new image. Um, no harm, no foul, because you don't need to go back that far in time. Mm-hmm. You just start a new image. So if it were me, you've proven that EasyOS takes too long. I'd tell you to stick with Acronis because of its ability to restore and mm-hmm. just understand that a VSS error can occur. I can't even count. I can tell you how often we're dealing with VSS errors on uh, our image-based backup technology that we use for our clients. It's a common issue. It's a Microsoft problem. So you, you kind of went a little overboard there. You might have used a recovery point, a restore point, to try to correct you know, on the Windows side of things to correct uh, okay. the VSS issue versus yep. doing a full restoration like you did. Hmm. But you proved your backup strategy works. Yep. But you're recommending using inc- taking a full backup and then using incremental backups, but for how long? You know, if you have problems with any one of those incremental backups, right. then... As Bob would say, you're SOL on being able to recover. <laughs> Bob shouldn't have said that, uh, but you're right. So, yes. What's wrong with Shirley out of luck? You're, you're yeah. right. You're right. Shirley is exactly Don't right. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, so you make a great point. The question is, how many images of a full backup can your target handle? So if you're doing a full backup yeah. and you got a full image and a full image and a full image, you know, and the time to back up a full image, you know, I'm going to yeah. tell you right now, a full disaster is pretty rare if you've done all the right things to prevent the disaster in the first place. Yep. Right? Yeah. So if you wear a seatbelt, you're not going to be ejected from the car. The disaster will be lessened, right? So if you've done the basics when it comes to a PC, same thing. So if you just mitigate for a, a traditional style of failure and understand that if you have a full backup and then incrementals, that you have some risk of losing some data, mm-hmm. you, you have yeah, to mitigate. You could always go back to the full backup. Well, that's what I was doing. I was doing a full backup, say, once a month and then incrementals in between. Right. And it would overwrite your target eventually. Yeah. Well, I only, I only tell it to keep, uh, you know, maybe three months of, of backups. backups. I can't see myself going back right. any further than that. And and you're going to have more failures on full backups than you will on incrementals just due to issues that occur during the evening or whatever happens whenever you're setting that up. Mm-hmm. Because so, it's just running longer. Running longer, more chance of issues in the full backup, I would contend. So, I mean, I think your strategy is tremendous. You, you obviously know what you're doing on the backup, and you're just mitigating risk. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you, I commend you. Um, I, both backup strategies worked for you. Yep. That's awesome. Well, that's why I wanted to call, get your expertise, because I know you guys are doing lots with backups. And yeah, we're doing a so ton. And so forth. I wouldn't run both. I would pick one. Yeah. You know, running both is actually going to cause, could cause VSS errors, too, and issues with the software is banging into each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you won't have any time to actually use the computer if both of them are backing up at different times. <laughs> well, the backups don't seem to take too long. I run Good. them in the middle of the night. And All right. Well, I think you've done a great job. I would tell you to pick one, and um, I would lean toward a Cronus because it seems to be quicker on the restoration side. I've never had to do a restoration of a full system, so it seems as easy US is not as fast. But it worked, too. So It did work. Yep, it did work, and uh, they're, uh, I'd say they're both, uh, both.
both good products. Uh, mm-hmm. The only plus I have for Acronis is when you do have a problem, they have an excellent forum. Their forum is a, is a great source of information, and there's some pretty uh, sharp people there willing to help and answer your questions. So, and that's a good thing, too. So Supporters have the battle. That's a good thing. Yeah. All right. All right well, well, then thank you for your help, and yeah. uh, I'll let you get on to the next call. All right. Keep up the good work. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, so the backup thing is really important, guys. I mean, Walt did something that we probably haven't heard, I think, in probably the 26 years I've been on the air here with WTIC. I don't think I've ever heard a caller tell me that they performed two full backups from two different, two, two full restores from two different softwares, and both of them worked. I mean, half the time, people are just still working on trying to configure the backup itself. The key to understanding your backup is to understanding how to do a restoration. <laughs> You know, uh, if you don't know how to restore your backup, really, what have you got? Well, you got to do a test restore because you got to make sure that there's actually data in your backup to begin with. <laughs> Otherwise, if it's not there, you're done. Yeah. So, congratulations to Walt. That was awesome, and I'm glad it worked. So, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. We have uh, three lines of, of folks on there. So, Carolyn, Joe, and Rich, hang on. Uh, we'll get to you, your calls after the news. Everything's been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. Of course, you can catch us. If you missed the show, you can always catch us on Radio.com. We have podcasts that go back to the beginning of time when both Bob and I had more hair. Um, you can catch any of those podcasts. Actually, Bob's kept his hair pretty well. Uh, <laughs> so you can feel free to do that. And uh, we're going to be right back after this break. Stick around, too. Dr. Leslie will be in with Healthy Rounds at 11. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to get right to your calls. Uh, you're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We're going to go to Carolyn in Farmington first. What's going on, Carolyn? Hi. Hi. What's up? I have an 80, HP 8710 printer all-in-one, and I have a Lenovo computer. The computer's five years old. It's a laptop, and the printer's about three years old. And when I first got the printer... Um, I was able to go wireless by installing all the drivers and everything. But in the last couple of weeks, I've had real problems with the um, being able to print. I would get an HP uh, error um, on my computer, and sometimes it would print, sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes if I didn't delete the document, it would print later on in the day. Um, if I rebooted the computer or rebooted the um, printer, um, sometimes it would work. Same thing with the modem. Um, and I'm just wondering, is the easiest solution just to buy a cord and plug everything in and have it work? <laughs> yeah. Man, you just took the words right out of my mouth, especially if it's right next to you. Okay. So that. So do you have any idea? Is, I'm, I think because nothing's changed and it worked in the beginning. My assumption is there's, that there's some kind of problem with what Frontier it was not Frontier most likely. It's it's probably a Windows update that broke it or an HP okay. printer driver that broke it. Um, okay. It's not Frontier's fault in this case. They're just the uh, conduit. Or it could be some okay. sort of issue going so, on with your Wi-Fi connection. It could be. What, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What yeah, Bob was a little soft on that. It, throughout the morning, we gotta just got to juice him up there. What were you saying, Bob? <laughs> It could be an issue with your Wi-Fi connection to the printer. Right. It's not. It's from not my, solid. From, 
Okay, but there's the easy solution, so I don't have to keep installing and uninstalling, you know, the, the all the drivers and stuff, because that's sometimes how I get it to work. It's just to plug it in. Yes, ma'am. Wired always works. Yeah. Okay, and that'll do all, that'll do everything, including the scanning? Yeah, the, 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 it'll still communicate and do everything it was able to do wirelessly wired, yep. Okay, that's what I'm going to do, because that's like 15 bucks, and, and a new printer is a lot of money, so let's do that. If it doesn't work, you have another problem. Yeah. Yes. Then, then there's either a problem with the computer or with the printer. Correct, and uh, that would be back to drivers or your your computer. But let's let's assume it's a communication issue to start, um, and it wired always works. And that wire that wire is going to be usable in any in another printer if you need to change it. Right. What I did was I took pictures of the of, of the printer and I of the back of the printer, and I took pictures of the computer where you would plug everything in, and, and yeah. I then go to Best Buy and buy the right connection thing. Yeah, or Staples or anywhere they sell cables. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. You got it, Carolyn. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, also, you could always go to the cables and connectors guys on the Berlin Turnpike. They've been around forever. If you, if you would need a special cable or even a regular cable, they got it. I uh, just want to give a shout-out to those guys because that's a unique place. They are, and you can get things there that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, and they've got at least one. Oh, not just for computers, but for other electronics hobbies right. as well. It's like they're like the, the, the last Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make... Radio Shack, even in its day, looked like a bunch of pikers. That's true. Good point. Um, let's move on to Joe in Berlin next. What's going on, Joe? Hello. Hey. Um, yeah, I've got two things. Uh, one is I'm trying to uh, get Radio.com on my receiver. I have a Yamaha, and I can stream uh, Sirius XM, but I haven't figured out how to get Radio.com. On your Yamaha receiver, huh? So yeah. it can do Spotify, Pandora, Napster, Tidal, uh, and a couple uh, Amazon Music. Gotcha. So this yeah, this is a pretty new receiver that it's got actually the ability to run apps, huh? Yeah. Very cool. Well, I mean, if it should just be a matter of loading the app from whatever store, the Yamaha store that you have there, but it may not be that Yamaha. Well, there's uh the app is uh uh music cast that's a yamaha app but i can't figure out how to get radio.com yeah you might be stuck so here's the thing can you take a smart device like a a phone or an ipad and stream? I, I have the uh music cast on my cell phone right yeah. now it's broke but it, i did have it in the past that's the way i would do it so all these all these devices are trying to create their own ecospheres, right? So, you know, Yamaha is saying, well, Radio.com, if you want access to our ecosphere, you're going to have to pay. Um, I suspect that's why they're not there. Um, so my point would be for you to say, well, you know what? I don't need to mess with Yamaha. I can just go ahead and cast it to the receiver, to the receiver which is probably doable um, more generically, and that way you're not fighting with all these ecospheres. Does that make sense? Uh, I kind of understand what you're saying, but exactly how to do that, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the thing is you're trying to beat being locked out, right? You know, even between Amazon themselves and other services, they're fighting. You know, Amazon itself is blocking access to, I can't remember the 
the site off the top of my head. But there, there's always companies that are fighting each other to allow for their apps and, and services to be available on their devices. Right. Whereas yeah. In this, in this case, Radio.com works fine on almost every device you're going to have, app, Apple or Android. So the question is, can you stream from your device to your receiver? And I suspect the receiver is built for that. Where you can that's, cast that's to what it. I'm not because you know, I, I listen to Radio.com all the time on, uh, on my walks, you know, yeah. on my radio, on my phone. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how to get it to the receiver. Where did you get the receiver? Or can you reach out to the Yamaha folks and ask about casting of some kind? Okay, I'll, I'll try that. Yeah, we're not. I'm not going to have a specific answer for you on a uh, Yamaha receiver, but there should be a way for you to generically cast from one device to that Yamaha receiver. Um, okay. So you're not running it from the receiver. Okay. Now the next question. Uh, I have a, a Nighthawk, uh, a Netgear Nighthawk router. Yeah. And I have a uh, remote or a uh, hard drive uh, hooked up to the router itself, so I can de- uh, back up. Okay. And looking at the manuals and stuff, there's uh, the they have a uh, vault utility, uh, and I cannot get that to download. So you want to b- back up multiple devices to that target or just one device? Uh, multiple. Yeah. Hmm. I've never done it that way. I've always seen uh, the, the external hard drives on these routers as more of a repository for, like, music or movies. I've never seen them or thought of them as targets for backup. Um, can you make it a drive letter on the network by doing that? I, I see it on the, uh, the list of uh, drives. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. That hard drive. Okay, good. So, again, we're not going to fight with the ecosphere, right? You're going to say, I've got my drive. My drive letter is F, let's say, on the Nighthawk, right? That's going to be your target. Now, if you listen to Walt a little while back, you can use things like Acronis or you can use things like EaseUS, and all you're going to do is tell those backup technologies to go find that drive letter. Don't mess with the vault junk, whatever little tool they're trying to offer you. Oh, okay. Put the device on there as a target, which is a drive letter you're going to get, and then use those backup tools on your individual systems to back up the systems to that target. Oh, okay. Trying to fight with these folks is not worth it. <laughs> I want to... You don't kiss them uh, Always keep it simple, yeah. So if right. you're getting a drive letter, it should be there, and then Acronis and or EaseUS should be able to see that drive target as where you'd like the backup to go. Okay. All right? Okay. Uh, you, can you put a link on the, for those uh, that The backup software? softwares? Yeah, we can. Okay. Thank you. You got it, Joe. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Let's move on to Rich in Glastonbury for a quick question. What's going on, Rich? Yeah, hi. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, the question I have concerns Microsoft Teams. Mm. And I was supposed to attend a webinar a few days ago, and the email said there were two choices, either click on a link and it would come through my browser, yeah. or click on Microsoft Teams. Yeah. I do not have Microsoft Teams on the computer. You don't need it. Okay, so what happened? I clicked on the link, and yeah. it kept referring me back to Microsoft Teams. So I completely missed the webinar, which Aww. was designed for most people probably over 65, and I don't know how many people over 65 have Microsoft Teams. So anyway, None. what happened, I never 
instituted on my computer. I never put a password or anything like that in. Mm -hmm. But every time I turn the computer on, the Microsoft team screen comes up. And two questions I have, is it difficult to sign on to it? And the other question is, I'll probably get rid of it. Is it hard to take it off my computer? All right, we're going to put you on hold and get back to that after the break. Okay, Rich? That's good. All right, we're going to go to a quick break. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. You know, if we can't fix it, we'll take a hammer to it. <laughs> this is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock, and then Dr. Alessi will be in. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. Let's go back to Rich and his Teams issue. So, Rich, um, Microsoft Teams, you don't need Teams to access a Teams call. You can just click on a – within that link invitation, there should have been an option that said, just use browser. And it would have set you up, and you would have been able to, to click on and go. Now you're saying, though, you're getting a login of some kind. Did you download the software in some way? Well, what, what happened in the email, there were uh, two ways to log into the, um, the webinar. Yeah. The first one was a link in the email saying it would go right to the webinar. And the right. second link was to go through Microsoft Teams. Mm-hmm. So I clicked on the first one to use the browser but yeah. it kept going back to Microsoft Teams. Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to sign in quickly, but I couldn't, and I missed the seminar. And I even questioned why a company would have Microsoft Teams for most listeners over age 65. You know, most people would use Zoom. So anyway, what's happening now is when I turn the computer on, uh, the um, Microsoft Team shows up on the screen, And there's also an icon they put on my desktop. And I don't know if I could get rid of it. I never signed in with a password, but it's still showing up. You can uninstall Teams. Um, We are going to put a link for that utility, right, Bob, as far as making it available for people. Yeah, I got a link to uh, Microsoft Teams uh, for free. Okay. Yeah. So the point is you could use that tool. By the way, I just came up with a a link here that comes to a page that says – yeah, Microsoft Teams without the Teams app is web only. It won't work in IE, but it does work in Edge and Chrome. That said, full functionality in a browser, as stated in the existing documentation, was recently deprecated without notice. That's true. So, yeah, your browser could have been the issue. You know what well, browser I, you're I using? Do have, I do have Chrome. Okay. Yeah. So that should have worked for you. Um, don't know what happened there, Rich, but, yes, you could uninstall the app and that password thing should go away. I'm not even sure why that's occurring. Okay. But, um, you know, these these tools, Zoom, um, Teams, all none of them need the actual software. You can just connect with a updated browser for most of them to work. Well, I talked to two other people, and they had the same problem. So maybe the webinar failed. Um, maybe the, the webinar didn't happen. Well, it was sponsored by a major company. That doesn't mean uh, anything. Yeah, they're going to offer it again next week, so I'm going to try and get in. Right. Uh, and I did talk with one of their um, customer service people, and they said Microsoft Team is required to attend the webinar. Interesting. Yeah. yeah I, so I, maybe I, you need to leave the app on there to try it. Did they record the webinar for you so you could just go watch it? They they usually don't. <laughs> in the day and age of I can watch Netflix and record a TV on anything I want, for some reason webinars are only – um, must watch TV. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but I could initiate the Microsoft team and later on delete it from my computer. 
Of course. You okay. can always remove software from your computer. You just go to the add, remove programs and uninstall it. There's no harm in having it. Well, it comes every time I turn the computer on, though, the screen comes up. Well, you should go to your startup, your startup settings. Okay. There's something in your startup that is kicking off. Okay, because they do have Windows 10, so I take a look at that. Yeah, see if Teams is related on some of your startup. You can just turn it off from your startup. Okay. Okay, well, thank you for the information, and have a, have a good weekend. You too, Rich. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. Let's go on to uh, Joe in Cromwell next. What's going on, Joe? Hi, uh, I have a Hewlett Packard uh, laptop pavilion. It's a Windows yeah. 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the morning, I get to up, you know, start up, and the updates start showing up. Say so we're going to update it. It goes to 35%. It says, then it says, can't do the update, got to redo everything, and goes through this undo process and a restart process. In about three, four, maybe five minutes, it's, it's you know, just coming up to what it should be, like normally what you get it done in about 15 or probably 30 seconds. Right. So, so you're in a loop? Uh, this has been happening for three to four weeks. Mm. So I don't know if I'm missing updates that might lead to performance processing uh, issues or what. How much space you got left? Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, it could be a space issue on one hand. But on the other hand, if the, it's during the update process, if it finds something that's not compatible with your computer, what it does then is it rolls it back. It dumps out. So what you may yeah. want to do is go into your uh, Windows Update settings and disable it for a while until they come up with a new set of updates. Yeah, you can hide updates, too. We've found on laptops lately a new Windows update is causing screens to go blank that are attached via docs. And so you literally have to hide the update from occurring because it'll break laptops. It's real fun being an IT guy. Um, So you could pause your updates a little bit. And what Bob is saying, that when the new updates come out, hopefully that newer update will have a better chance of applying to your system. So how, how do you pause an update? I'm going to show them how to, we can actually put a link in there to actually yeah. go through the process. It might be easier than telling you over the air, but we can show you how to actually delay your updates um, and even delay them to only the major updates rather than the minor ones. As far as performance goes, you're not going to, I'll probably, I can pretty much tell you, you're not going to improve the performance of your computer performance by an update. You might improve the security, but I highly doubt Microsoft will make your machine faster with an update. I see. Yeah. Well, I'm worried about, again, it's just not functioning properly. Yep. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, there's plenty of bug fixes in there, too. But we can definitely, we've got a link up there for you as to how to kind of mess with delaying some of these updates that are causing trouble for you. You can defer them a bit. Okay, so just in review, the pause updates is what I should be looking for. And I go up, up onto Tab Computing. Yep, uh, computertalkwithtab.com. Or you can go to tabinc.com and go to the the web's our, our computer talk tab, um, and and it's all going to be there for you. Okay. The name of the show dot com. Yep, that works Way too. To go. <laughs> all Thank right, you Joe. Much. You're welcome, sir. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. So I mean, that's that's it. And you guys uh, blew a perfectly good Saturday morning. Uh, but we're happy you did, and we really appreciate you guys joining us. We are definitely going to continue to broadcast over at uh, WTIC's Facebook page, uh, Facebook Live, and uh, even though if you've watched the. Uh, the the Netflix show there, um, Social Dilemma, and you still are on it on Facebook. We'll be there every Saturday for you. Um, eventually, we're going to get back to the studio. I don't know when, but Bob and I have been sitting here since March together. Uh, it's worked out okay, but eventually we're going to get back to the studio. I want to thank Matt in the studio for doing everything so well um, and producing the show for us. I want to thank Mike G for posting everything live over at computertalkwithtab.com. And, of course, if you ever miss anything, 
WTIC podcasts everything. So not just our show, but you should be able to get all the shows out there, from Garden Talk to to health, the Law Talk to Dr. Alessi's show to Ray Dunaway's show. All of them are available via podcast um, over at radio.com. So check them out if you miss anything. You can always go back and say and, and hear what we talked about and uh, maybe review something that you were just didn't quite understand by listening to it again. Thanks again. See you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.